The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is, depending on where, what medium you're enjoying this podcast in, either Thursday, December 23rd. If you're on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. If you're watching the show, smash that like button and leave your best bet in the comments. And if you're listening on your, your phone or your favorite podcast app, it's probably Friday, December 24th. Merry Christmas Eve to all. Merry Christmas Eve, Eve to all who are watching. Uh, if you're if you're listening on Spotify, they actually just introduced a rating system on Spotify. They haven't had one before, mainly because you know they didn't want people to rate music, and now they have podcasts, so you want to be able to rate podcasts, push stuff up. Uh, so hit a give us a five star if you're listening on Spotify. We would greatly appreciate it. Joining me to look at the week 16, the insanity that will be week 16 in terms of gambling and fantasy and everything else. Pete Presco and RJ White. What's up, boys? How you doing? What's up? Omicron is wreaking havoc on the National Football League. It is, Pete. It's good. I mean, and, and life. Um, actually, well, yeah, I don't know if I probably should talk about uh, my, I mean, my my Christmas situation changed because of uh, a family member who who, uh, who caught COVID, a vaccinated family member who caught COVID. So I wasn't able to see my mother-in-law this Christmas. She, she, well, that might sure. be a win if he miss out on the in-laws. Kidding, sure. kidding, kidding, kidding. No public comment. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I actually love my in-laws. I'm just not going to see them over the holidays. That's all. Same. Same here. Um, what you going to do? Uh, anyway, let's dive. All right, so let's, let's recap uh, week 15, of course. RJ, a scorching 5-1 and one in week 15. That takes you to 49 and 41 on the season. Gives you the lead outright. Pete's uh, a three and two week. Goes 49 and 44. I go one and two. Um, Debo, do you have the best bets from last week? I thought I'd done better than that, but what are you do? we had to potentially take some wins off the board for you because of an executive decision uh, made on Sunday because of all, all this COVID stuff. That's fine. Hate yeah, to do so. it. What was, the exec- what was the executive decision? Who made so- it? So typically what happens is half, about half the books, I think at this point, will keep action on games as long as it's played that week. So and half half the people who made those bets probably still had them live. Half of them didn't. So I reached out to Debo and Will on Sunday and Slack and said, 
what are we doing with these? Uh, you know, are we going to gonna count them or not? And, and I think we decided not before the games yeah. went off on Sunday just because, you know, the, the process was you make these picks, 20 guys play plus guys are out. You don't know who's going to play on Tuesday. You don't want to make picks and then have, you know, Heineke back in or Allen back in or something. You're like, wait a minute. You know, I, I, I picked against because of that reason. So um, it just kind of makes sense to reset from there. I just don't remember what the two I lost was. Was it Philly and um... – Anyway, um, I actually won my picks league this week, which was kind of cool. Uh, I did I too. I did too, actually. You you went ten and five, ten what ten and four? No, I get straight. This is where you put you assign values to each one, and oh, you have like a league you do with that. Oh. Yeah, I actually went uh, eleven and five and and won the league. I went um, so I was in like kind of basically out of it uh in this in this picks league no we're not out of it i was you know i was like 10 spots back at first or whatever i'm now five back i went 14 and two against the spread in this league can't do that against in, in real life somehow but yeah i went um, i went 11 and five against the spread and then 12 and four straight up so i had a good week this week i should mention that like this is on the C, like cbs's uh pool or whatever that, that you know that you can do your you can do your customized pool um because of the, because of the way that it's set up those those uh those lines lock on tuesday and they're not going to get altered no matter what. So, like, I had the Raiders plus six and a half, which, yeah, free money. By the way, Jason Locker four has been on fire with his picks the last two weeks. Has he? Yeah. Are you gonna he Are you gonna catch? A, I was looking at um. So JLC's one fifteen, one hundred four, and three. You're one sixteen, one hundred three, and three. You're seven back of Ryan Wilson with three weeks yeah. to play, and Wilson's oh, sort of like I, I, just treading water. I'm gonna walk down too, guys. Yeah. All right, let's get into uh oh, by the way, no surprise, the parlay didn't hit. Steelers covered, Packers covered. Wait. Packers didn't, didn't cover. Packers did not cover. We got that la- late the last minute cover. touchdown. Yeah, that, that last minute touchdown. Covered, well, not, not only that, he missed he missed the wide open Lazard to go up 17. God, we had two dogs that won outright, including a double-digit dog of the Saints that went outright in the freaking Tyler Huntley screws us on that part. We're going to get one before the year's over. Don't you worry. Uh, let's get into the games, though. The Colts are at the Cardinals. A huge matchup. Kyler Murray and company are struggling. They just lost to the Lions outright on the road. People are starting to do the usual thing they do every week or every year, which is question whether or not Cliff Kingsbury knows how to finish off the season. Hadn't done a very good job of it in his first two years, and now is not doing a good job of it in his third year. Uh, the Colts, meanwhile, surging. Into the playoff race, they are currently the number five seed in the AFC. They are just, well, I guess they're one and a half games back of Tennessee. Tennessee dealing with a ton of injuries. Colts have a lot of motivation and a potential, or as John Breach would say, Prisco, a potential MVP candidate in Jonathan Taylor. I think that narrative is getting pushed too much. I don't buy into it, but it is what it is. The Colts are a, or the Cardinals are a one point favorite at home with a total of 49 points in this game. Yeah, well, somebody needs to teach Jonathan Taylor to go down in a key situation in the game. Um, just fantasy touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantasy people loved it, and RJ hated it. And uh, I think football wise, he should have gone down. Probably. I mean, that's yes. common sense. The only chance New England had to win the game was him scoring that touchdown. So go down. Uh, he didn't, but he's having a great year. They're having a great year running the football. I just think this is a great spot for the Cardinals. The Colts, uh, everybody's on the Colts. You can tell by that number. I'd be curious uh, what the look-ahead number was, RJ, because uh, I think this number is clearly reflective of what happened last week. Uh, and I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think they bounce back here and play well. I think Murray plays well. 
I'm still not a big believer in the Colts' uh, pass rush. And you saw that against Mac Jones. He stood there and did whatever the hell he wanted to, whenever he wanted to. They didn't get near him. I think they're going to be able to sit back there, and Murray will make some throws down the field. I'll take the Cardinals minus the point. Look at the number was Cardinals minus four and a half. So you're getting a ton of value there off of one week of results when when Arizona, you know, looks pretty bad for two weeks in a row, and then we see the bottom drop out from from people believing them. I think this line's kind of where around where it should be. Um, I do like going uh, against that that move. Um, I can't be too mad at Jonathan Taylor. I have him to uh, to lead the league in rushing, so I'm just, just hoping to catch that and and I'll be happy. No matter what he does, uh, ten to one. That was a good one. Nice. So that's going to be good. Just stay healthy and play, finish out the season. Um, and, you know, it looks like a pretty good lock at this point. So all the momentum now is obviously with Indy. You see how that line move has happened. Uh, this, I, like I said, this line's probably where I have it in the power ratings, right where I rate it. I think Indy right now is slightly better than Arizona. Um, Indy's held four last five opponents to 17 points or less, including New England and Buffalo. Arizona's offense looks like it's struggling. Maybe Kyler isn't right. We thought he was right. They scored 33 coming off against Chicago and looked like, oh, yeah, Kyler's fine. Um, but, you know, maybe he's not. And and this game might go under if 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 Arizona offense can't get it together and Indy's running the ball. Um, both these teams rate higher in DOA on defense than offense. And But Arizona's defense is 27th in yards per carry. I would be with you on Arizona, Pete, but Arizona's defense being 27th in yards per carry just makes me think Taylor could take over this game. And uh, I'm just going to lean to the Cardinals, but I don't love it. Uh, yeah, I like I like the Colts here. And maybe that's the donkey play. But I like the Colts when I when I you know initially saw the line. It was two and a half. It's come down to one. I mean, I'm a little surprised that the Colts haven't had moved actually across to make the Colts favorites. Maybe we'll see some steam later in the week. This game is on uh, on Christmas evening, so Saturday night. Um, it, you know, I it feels like a spot where, to RJ's point, Jonathan Taylor. And, and look, here's the thing with the with the Colts. I mean, they took care of business against the the Patriots, but. They, you know, they got that lead and really just held on for dear life. And I'm not entirely sure they can do the same against Arizona. Like Arizona should be able to put up more points, but we thought that Arizona could do that against Detroit and come back. And this Matt Eberfluss defense, just the way that they play, it doesn't allow you know, mobile quarterbacks to torch them with their legs. So I don't expect Kyler to be putting up huge rushing numbers. You look at, you know, they played uh, Lamar twice in the past two years. He just doesn't run on them. Um, they also played, uh, there's another rushing quarterback that they played. They just don't allow a ton of rushing guards to quarterbacks. So Kyler's going to have to win from the pocket. And if th there is a definite letdown spot for Indianapolis, totally would understand if, if people expect that. Um, they played on Saturday. So, you know, they, they get the full rest here. Uh, Arizona should be desperate. And, but I, I don't know that they can slow down Jonathan Taylor. They're just going to feed him. That Indio line is crushing. Arizona's been, hadn't been good against a run since J.J. Watt went down. And I like the Colts to uh, win this game. It's a best bet for me. Feels a little chalky. But I like going head-to-head -head with Pete on that one. The other game on Saturday, Christmas special. So the two top two MVP candidates, arguably. Like, don't you think it's Rodgers and, and Taylor at this point, Pete? Well, Brady still in it. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, how would you, how would you rate your top? You right now. It's Rogers right now. It's Rogers right now for sure. But how would you rate your top two or top three MVP? Is it Rogers, Taylor, well, Brady? Or? Probably Rogers, Taylor, Brady. Maybe okay. Rogers, Brady, Taylor. It's close. Yeah. I mean, Brady, Brady the, right now, Rogers is the MVP. Yeah. Um, My MVP is Sean Hockley. He just takes over games, wins them outright. He can't be stopped. He can, can't be defeated. Uh, so wh whichever way he wants to win, he's going to win a game. So it's it's been it's, a really it's bad. Nice. It's, he earned that job. 
It's been a really bad year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Um, anyway, the uh, Browns at the Packers. This line actually got up to eight and has dipped back down to seven and a half. And, and the Browns are plus seven and a half, minus 115. Maybe that's some positive COVID news for them. I could see Nick Chubb coming in here and having a big day, uh, of course. But, you know, look, it's a, anyway, it's, it's Pete. It's a awesome 4.30 p.m. Christmas Day game. Uh, both these Christmas games should be fantastic. For those wondering, no, we will not be doing a Christmas uh, recap of the games. Um, our, our overlord, Debo, has allowed us to spend time with our families. But, Pete, who do you like in this spot with uh, Aaron Rodgers, knowing that a big performance could well, you know, lock up some stuff in terms of the conference and maybe even MVP. Is Garrett going to play? And if he does, where is he? That That's my concern because he did not look good the other day. He looked like he got hurt. Point. Yeah, that looked bad. And, and so if he can't go, there's no Tack McKinley. Who rushes the passer for that defense? Nobody. Yeah. I, I almost made a lean on the Packers um, because I just think that's too many points, and I don't think the Browns are that good. I know they can run the ball. But, but I, I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up and slow down uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I almost made the Packers' best bet. I kind of shied away from it because of the seven and a half. Uh, but I could see where R.J. did what he did. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to – my lead is to the Packers. I just didn't make it the best bet. I'm the same way. I was going to be on the Packers too, but I do think we're going to get positive COVID news on Cleveland. Once we know their quarterback, it's going to come down probably, and you'll get Packers at a better value. So I didn't want to lock in seven and a half. So what I did is tease them down to minus one and a half. When you do that, you're getting, like you said, MVP favorite, one of the best teams in the league, one of the best two or three teams in the league in the Packers against an offense that just is not good in Cleveland. I don't care if Baker Mayfield is a quarterback or Nick Mullins or, or go sign Garrett Kilbert and bring him in this time. And just nobody on that team is scoring the points. Monday was fifth time in the last seven games. Cleveland failed to score more than 14 points. And Green Bay's defense has been pretty shaky lately, but this should be a manageable matchup at home with Cleveland's offense just not looking good against most teams. So I think Green Bay might only need 21 to 24 points to cover this and I have to expect them to score that. So, like I said, I would lay the seven and a half, but um, the uh, number is going to get better, I think, for us later in the week, and I, and I will take Green Bay at that point. So I'm just teasing them to one and a half right now. The 98 rushing yards that the Browns gave up to the Raiders on that Monday night, uh, early, the Monday night matinee game uh, was just the second time since week eight that they allowed less than 100 rushing yards. I mean, they gave a buck 84 to the Pats, a buck 68 to the Lions, a buck 48 and a buck 18 to the Ravens in back-to-back games, and then 98 to the Raiders. You know, Aaron Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are just 1A, 1B right now for, for the for the Packers. They're feeding them. They're using them create, create in a creative fashion. And Dillon, I know we all ripped him for drafting a running back in the second round, but he looks like he looks great. I mean, he runs with authority. He runs with power downhill. There's a really good chance the Packers come out slinging in this game against you know minimal pass rush or banged up pass rush. Aaron Rodgers gets him a lead, and they just lean into this ground game, and Cleveland's forced to become one-dimensional and, and throw the ball. And if, if that's the case, I just don't see how Cleveland can come back. The Packers' defense will, will just hound whoever's playing quarterback. So unless the Browns can jump out to a lead and just lean on Nick Chubb or, or can the defense can keep it even. I, I think the Packers can just run away with this. The Baltimore backdoor comeback scares me a little bit on seven and a half, 
I'm tempted to make it a best bet, but I would much rather have seven or uh, obviously six and a half, but I don't think it'll dip below a touchdown. Do you think it'll dip below a touchdown, RJ, if we get positive Kevin news? Yeah, I think I think it might. I mean, if it's seven and a half now, we don't know who's playing quarterback. I, is the seven and a half assuming that it's just going to be Baker? I, I think right now, if people see seven and a half, they're going to bet it to seven and there might be some momentum to take Cleveland if they start getting more people off. Land, Landry's going to be out of his quarantine zone, I think, at some point. So um, you figure they people think, a lot of guys back, right? I mean, people will think that that's where the half a point to have their number one receiver back. And then all of a sudden you're seeing Green Bay minus six, minus five and a half. Zero minus five and a half against Baltimore last week and, and Baltimore hadn't been playing any better than 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 Cleveland if we're being honest heading into that game so um you know I I I wouldn't be surprised if it gets around that same range okay um yeah I mean I think that's sort of my only hold up is I don't want to I don't want to um I don't want to go seven and a half and then end up getting you know like it ends up close like if if I saw a six and a half I'd pounce on that anything under a touchdown I would love the Packers uh so yeah and as Debo says in the chat smash that like button shout out Lucinda Murphy and uh and all the other Totally normal comments that people are making in here. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Packers a lot. Not gonna, I'm not gonna make them a best bet because I think it'll get under. If it gets under seven, I'd rather take that. And, and do we want to do anything about this week in terms of, you know, insane, insane COVID situations? For instance, let's say we had recorded this podcast, and then at three o'clock, Dalvin Cook gets put on the. You know, RJ, you had the Vikings as a possible best bet, I think, and then took them off. How do we want to handle that uh, for the weekend so, we're, so we know ahead of time? Right. I, I, well, I think what we do on this show is akin to making bets at the book at, the, at that moment. So yeah. um, we're locking our picks in right now at these numbers um, or, you know, when we send them in at Ebo. So we're telling people what we're taking now. Those picks should stand even if people get ruled out unless the game gets postponed again. And then, you know, like like I said earlier, 50-50 books are going to refund your money or not. So I think at that point we just erase it because the circumstances are going to change at that point. So I think we're, we're pretty much just sticking with whatever we have at this point. Okay. So with what you got, if, yeah, I mean, and, and obviously if you're listening to the podcast on like Saturday or Sunday and you're trying to make, or you're traveling or, you know, whatever, and you're trying to make your bets, you know, if Dalvin cook is ruled out after we talk about the game, safe to say we, we would probably change our opinion uh, on, on a, on a game like that. Steelers at the chiefs. Oh boy. Speaking of the COVID game. This was a seven. Steelers were uh, minus. Chiefs were no. Chiefs were minus ten, with an over under higher than forty four and a half, which is what's what it's at. Now the Chiefs are minus seven and a half. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill both in the COVID protocols. Don't know if they'll be able to get out. Harrison Butker, the Chiefs kicker, has is out because he's not vaccinated. He won't be able to play in this game. I mean, to say to say the least, Pete. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey hashtag matter to the spread into this game. Up to actually, it matters to how they it matters to how they play. And this is a team that look the Steelers can't stop the run. The Chiefs don't run it, so it's not going to help them if they don't have. Um, you know, I just think that this, they just don't commit to it, and eventually they have to commit to it. This would be a game you think they commit to it. Well, I think that if that's the case, it'll be a lower scoring game. Um, and I like the seven and a half. I look, I like the Steelers plus the points when, when those guys were in the game, it was 10, 10 and a half. So I, I think Pittsburgh hangs around in this game. Uh, I think it's close and I'm going to take the Steelers plus the seven and a half. I could not disagree more. That Pittsburgh offense was ugly last week and they just, they got the game handed to them by those turnovers. They didn't have to do much. Um, I don't trust them at all, especially with Kansas city's defense playing as well as it was before the chargers game. 
Um, and they, you know, showed up on, on the key downs that mattered on fourth down, what everybody hammered the chargers for chiefs had to make those stops and they did time, you know, time and again. So credit to them for making those stops. Um, so I, I wasn't probably wasn't going to play at 10, but I was leaning chiefs that way. Got down to seven and a half. And I'm like, well, you know, as long as like, they're not decimated, I like them at, at that, that number. Then they got the two days with no new guys on COVID reportedly. I think Rap Sheet uh, reported early on on Thursday morning that no new COVID for, cases for a second straight day for the Chiefs. That makes me think they're kind of through it, and we're not going to have like a random Mahomes is out or Miko Hardman plus Byron Pringle are out, and we just don't know who's playing receiver. So with that group in mind, um, I think Chiefs can get to uh, you know they put them nearly 500 yards against a solid Chargers defense. I think they can they can put up 24 points again here, like I said earlier. And with how Pittsburgh's offense is playing, I don't trust them against a good defense. So um, Kansas City, who was fun to fade for about a, a little over a year because they were massively inflated spreads, and um, they were they were the other team was cashing every single time it seemed like. They're now five and zero against the spread in their last five. So they're kind of in in a cover mode at this point. So. I like them as long as they're not turning the ball over and making dumb mistakes to um, to to cover this number. But I threw him as a second leg of my teaser. It's a perfect teaser opportunity at, at seven and a half or now eight. We saw I think people kind of see what I'm seeing that they think the COVID issues are done and it's going to tick back up. So it's eight now. I think that's still a fine teaser number. Still tease it if it gets eight and a half um, as long as you're getting it through three. Um, but yeah, teasing the Chiefs and Packers just seems too great to uh, pass up at this point. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's a great play. Um, I, it's too many too many concerns here to be able to play a best bet, but I think if you can bet on this game right now, then a teaser works just fine. Uh, it's Sunday it's Sunday afternoon game. I assume this is on CBS with Nance and, and Romo and Tracy Wilson. Uh, it is a, uh, you know, look, the Chiefs are playing really well. They want to go get that one seed. Steelers are desperate and can certainly keep it within that number, but, man, they are so slow. I need to hear Ben leak out something about complaining about his OC or complaining about, uh, you know, gener- just something about uh, this. Maybe this is Ben's last stand, and then I'd be willing to take the Steelers. But I, I got no I got no best bet here, not with the COVID issues. Uh, next up, is that fast enough for you, Pete? Yeah, because I got to be out by two. Where you got to go? Got to go to the studio. Mm. You watch Pete on CBS Sports HQ, by the way. And me and uh, Brady, wanna... Brady Quinn are making our picks today. So, all right. How exciting. Of course, we had to move him for Brady because he had to take a little time off, but that's a whole other story. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I don't even know about that. Um, nor do I need to know. Rams minus three at the Vikings over under 49 and a half. As we mentioned, Pete, Dalvin Cook, uh, I was still out for this game. He's been placed on the COVID list. If you're placed on the list and you're unvaccinated, I think you're just out, right? He's out, right? And he's yeah, not he's vaccinated because he came on. He came on our set at the at, when we were there in camp, and he had to wear a mask. So yeah, he's not vaccinated. Yeah. I think I think it's public that he's not vaccinated. Alexander Madison, his backup, also uh, not vaccinated, but he is coming off the COVID list. And in the similar vein to Aaron Rodgers, won't have to worry about possibly testing leading up to this game. So he should be good to go. A must start in fantasy. If you have him, is he enough to? Uh, to keep the Vikings within three points in this game, Pete. Yes, I think it's a good spot for the Vikings. I, I think more desperate team. Um, the Rams are going to make the playoffs no matter what. Um, and Rams on a short week. Uh, I think that that's big for them. And I think that Minnesota will be able to, you know, will move the ball on. And, you know, they're both going to move the ball. The Vikings have issues on defense as well. We've seen that play out over the course of the last couple of weeks. But uh, I think this is a higher scoring game. I'm going to take the Vikings plus the three points. I, I even without Dalvin Cook, I think they, they hang. I think they win the game. I think the Vikings are going to win this game, so I'll take three. Oh. 
Minnesota offense coming off a down performance, which means they're probably going to explode for 500 yards in this game because that's just how they work. They work. Um, Minnesota's defense lucky to only give up nine points last week, 370 plus yards allowed in each of their last five games. I think the Rams are the more talented team, but I would also go to, to Minnesota. I had them as a best bet um, before the, the Dalvin news broke because it's a spot play. I love fading the Rams coming off a postponed game. And, uh, you know, this is a 1 p.m. game that they're going to have to travel for on the road. So it's just a terrible spot for them. So what I look to play in this game is Minnesota first quarter um, odds uh, plus plus a half point. I think you're getting like minus 140, minus 130, or you can take the money line at plus odds. Either one of those, I think Minnesota is going to come out better in the first quarter than the Rams just because they're not going to be ready for this spot. And then um, I didn't, I took it out as a best bet for Minnesota plus three because I think the line's going to move with cookout. And at plus three and a half, I'd play, I'd play Minnesota. I like the Rams here, but you guys are kind of scaring me into making them a best bet. I do agree that it is sort of a stinky spot with the Rams playing. The Rams played on Tuesday and had to, you know, had to play a division opponent, put a lot into that game. It's a, it's a huge game because now they're within striking distance of the division. They're like plus 135. I think they're starting to play really well. Matthew Stafford had a very nice game. Minnesota is a better defense than Seattle, and they are really desperate because they beat the Bears on Monday but they got to win one against the Rams or the Packers and beat the Bears in week 18 if they want to make the playoffs. They have a good chance to make the playoffs if they win this game or Green Bay. So I like the Rams. Don't love them at three and a half. would want it to be three. Uh, maybe you could money line parlay them. But, um, yeah, if it gets to three and a half, it looks like. To, you need to get a message to Kubiak to throw the ball down the field once in a while. My God, that was so oh. bad the other night. Actually, you know what I like in this game? I want the over in this game. Even without Dalvin Cook, yeah, I, I don't care. I think there's going to be, I think, I think there's going to be points in this game. Yeah, um, it's forty-eight and a half. It's actually ticked down a point with Dalvin being out. I get it. Like Dalvin's a monster, but you know, you can. I mean, Alexander Madison can do plenty. And I think that the way that this game plays out is Stafford throwing the ball down the field, and then all of a sudden the Vikings are coming back with Justin Jefferson, and suddenly it just turns into a wild shootout. Maybe that makes you like Minnesota more, but I'll take the over as a best bet, 48 and a half. I also like the Rams in that spot. Bucks minus 10 at the Carolina Panthers over under 44. Pete, this would be an easy game to handicap, except for the fact that everyone on uh, Tampa Bay appears, all the skill guys appear to be done. Chris Godwin out for the year. Mike Evans not likely playing this game. Lenny Fournette likely not playing in this game, which means just the Tyler Johnson um uh, so what? Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown Rashad OJ Howard, Rashad Perryman, and uh, and Rojo show. Do uh, but but you know what? The Panthers stink, and the uh, Bucks cover ten points here. I don't think they do. I'm think the Panthers is the best bet. I, I think defensively they're still pretty good. Uh, I think we saw what can happen to the Bucks offense when you don't have anybody outside. Uh, I think you know getting Brown back's big. I get it. Uh, you know that is somebody that's better than what they had when those other guys went down the other day, Godwin and Evans. But I, I, my main concern is the Tampa Bay pass rush. But they didn't do a whole hell of a lot against three backups against the Saints the other night. Now Taysom Hill's a different type of quarterback. Although Cam Newton will move around too. So I, I'm going to take the ten. I just think this this team will hang around in this game, and and that number still looks a little high to me considering the guys who are out outside.
Carolina's 0-4 in their ATS in their last four games, but the over has hit in five straight as their defense has fallen apart. Um, this over has ticked down from 44 to 43. I think people are down on the Bucks because of their offensive injuries, like you said, and it's going to sink a little lower. Um, I would lean over at 43. That guy into an injury suck, but Brady still has plenty of weapons. You you forgot Gronk. You listed like 12 guys, and Gronk wasn't one of them, I don't think. Um, oh, yeah. And Antonio... Antonio Brown being back is a huge deal. I think those two guys, the primary weapon, um, it will be just fine. The Levante David injury should also make things easier for Carolina's offense. So, um, you know, I, I understand what Pete's saying. Carolina's just been so ugly. I, I would slightly lean to them, but I don't want to put him in as a best bet. Um, if I was going to play anything, it'd be the over. Yeah, I, this game is the hardest one for me to pick out of the entire week just because I really like Tampa Bay to coming off a lot before Evans and Goblin got hurt. I was already thinking about who the Bucs were playing next week because you get Brady coming off that embarrassing shutout loss at home in a, uh, you know, in a, in a primetime spot. You know, you get dropped first place in the MVP. First, clear first, like, or clear leader in the clubhouse for MVP was minus 150, minus 180 in some spots. Laid a total egg. His receivers are hurt. He, he has to be coming out of there angry and wanted to lash out, Pete, at somebody. And the Panthers are primed for lashing. But, no Evans, no Goblin, and all those guys hurt. It does seem tough to pull off. Um, and, you know, the, the problem for the Panthers is that Bucks defensive line is going to get all over them. They say they're going to play some Sam Darnold, some Cam Newton, maybe some P.J. Walker. They are, they're a mess. The Panthers are a hot mess. I would lean towards Tampa Bay here, but it's a huge spread. Oh, don't hate the over. I, I just can't back Carolina, even at minus, like, plus 10. I know they almost covered in Buffalo, but, I mean, they're, they're a terrible football team. Chargers at the Texans. A very interesting line here, Pete, because the Chargers are minus 10 with an over-under 45 and a half. They've seen Austin Eckler placed uh, in the COVID protocol. Wait, there's somebody that's just... Oh, Joey Bosa was placed in COVID protocol. He's unvaccinated as well. He's out for this game. Eckler may be able to test his way out. There's a couple other guys they're dealing with. Feel free to name them if I'm forgetting them. Uh, Jalen Guyton. Yeah, Jalen Guyton is a big one. Uh, they're they're uh, primary deep threat uh, and yeah Brandon Cooks for the Texans is gonna be out as well so this line moved down to like I think seven and a half or eight it was off off the book and off the off the off the book in a lot of spots unsurprisingly but oh and um uh, Chase Daniel was in the COVID protocol as well which led some people to believe it might be Justin Herbert getting tested next no real word about Herbert yeah um so, yeah, Chargers, if Herbert is, is out, you know, you got to hate the Chargers. So, um, Pete, you know, what, I think you have one well, like, the other I'll way in this game. What do you RJ, think? I like, the, I like the Texans in this game. I, I, I just think this is a bad spot for the, for the Chargers, and, and I think the Texans will hang around. And with those guys out, without Boza, that's a different defense. He, he changes the dynamic of their defense. Uh, look, I don't think the Texans are any good. I, I get it. They're, Davis Mills actually did some really good things last week. Uh, and I think he's he's getting better. So I, I think they hang around in the game. They're still playing hard. Uh, and and I just don't know what that defense will be like without Joey Bosa. So if you're going to give me 10, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm taking 10 with the Texans. I said it last week when I took the Jets, and that played out. Um, so, I, I you know, you take bad teams plus a big number, I'm going to take the Texans. 
Yeah, Brinson's back. We'll get back to Princeton in just a second. I went the other way. I got a best bet on the Chargers. Both teams hit by COVID issues. That both in, in issue is, is a big one. Uh, Chargers look like they have more key personnel affected, and and so you would think, you know, Texans. But Texans are just terrible. And as long as Herbert's active, I don't care whose weapons are. He's going to put up a bunch of points in this matchup. Houston's thirty points last week was pretty fake. They got that kick return touchdown. They got great field position over and over. Um, that they're not probably not going to get here um, because I think Chargers are converting um, on those fourth downs where the Chiefs were not um so as long as the chargers aren't decimated by covid by sunday and you know players are falling off left and right um i think they're a solid play they got rashawn slater back it's it's huge you know at, at tackle with how well he's playing so um i initially shied away from it but i'm like what am i doing chargers are way better than texans they typically pay better on the road anyway so i went ahead and laid it chargers 10 uh it's the best bet for me yeah nothing you don't have to get back to me i just had a chrome a chrome crash you had my mother-in-law heard me talking about her and she's you know snuck up through that's the what it was it probably, probably was. Um, just looking at the Texans, the you know the last so they've won. I mean, I guess this is not sort of not. I'm not saying it's a you know predictive or anything, but they've won three games now this year, which is actually kind of impressive by David Kelly and Co. Uh, in the following week after that, they lost by a touchdown or more once to the once to the Browns, once to the Jets. I mean, the Chargers are a substantially better team than, than both of those teams, and you should see if Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler or even Maybe just need just Justin Jackson. You know, you get the full offensive line. Derwin James is questionable too. That could lead to some points in this one. But without Brandon Cooks, I don't know. I mean, Nico Collins is just going to go off with Davis Mills. Those will look good. But this is a shorthanded Texans team that should be celebrating three wins like the, like a Super Bowl victory, given how uh, given their talent level. I would lean towards the Chargers, I think, but no best bet here. Is there a teaser option here, RJ, with like where you could go ten point nah, teaser with the not yeah, not a ten. I wouldn't bother. All right, cool. Uh, moving along, Bills. If you want to do something like that, just throw them in a money line parlay with a couple other big favorites. Oh like. yeah, you could do. Uh, you could do Bucks. What is? Uh, I was looking it up. Wait, my 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 browser crashed on my laptop. Uh, but, but I was looking at like Bucks, Chargers, 49ers is maybe something I'd be interested in. Bills at the Patriots, a massive, massive game, Pete, for the AFC East. Of course, the uh, Belichick, Bill Belichick. Uh, and the Pats famously took down Sean, since Sean McDermott into a tilting, uh, a, a tilting dervish for like four weeks. He didn't know where he, he couldn't feel his face. He was crying at halftime of the Bucks game. Weird scene, uh, just because they ran the ball fit like fifty-five times, pulled a full navy on him, and uh, and now the Pats are minus two and a half at home, over under a forty-three and a half. Can Buffalo come in and get revenge against the Patriots for a few weeks ago? Well, I looked at the weather, and it's not going to be windy. And that's a good thing. It's only going to be, I think it was going to be seven miles an hour. There might be a chance of snow with last time I looked uh, in this game, which actually plays to the advantage of the offensive, of the team that throws it around, believe it or not. But uh, I think the weather will be a factor here. And it was last time. It won't be this time is what I'm trying to say. It won't be as big of an issue. And I think the Bills are going to win the game. I think Buffalo is going to come in and throw the ball and play well. And look, I wanted to make them a best bet, but I figured why, why not if I can get eight and a half, I'm going to take eight and a half as the first part of my teaser. I'll take Buffalo as the first part of my teaser. Uh, but I, I'm I'm big on the Bills this week. I, I know everybody, oh, New England did this, New England did it. The weather ruined that game. If the weather wasn't involved, the wind wasn't involved, the Bills would have won that game, and that's that. So McDermott has a, 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 shouldn't be crying about it. Go in and win this game and stop it. 
But wouldn't the weather like help the Bills because the Bills have the guy that can throw it through the weather, and the Patriots just only could run the ball? I mean, it seems to me like like the, bu- well, the but Buffalo. They, but he couldn't throw it through the weather. It was ridiculous. They, they could. I mean, even this pass. The, okay, the pass to Diggs at the end of the game. The wind grabbed it and pulled it to the outside. Otherwise, it's a touchdown. I mean, it, it was. It's, it's just impacted the entire. It's gonna happen in some of his throws, but with his with his arm, he at least has a shot in this game. And he's not as limited as the Patriots are offensively. Um, I just think the New, the New England loss last week. They ended a seven and zero against the spread streak. I think they get back on track. Buffalo is just inconsistent. Buffalo is at playing at their best. Sure, they can come in and they can win this game um, and make it competitive at least. If they're playing some of these ga- these weeks that we've seen them play, they can get blown out in this game. So I just think the percentage play is to go with the bets. I made them a best bet. Um, you know, Buffalo won by seventeen last week. Carolina went one for five on fourth down and had no kicker i mean that game could go way differently and we're talking about buffalo eking out a three-point win or four-point win and, and still having a lot of questions about them um so new england just got run on all over by uh indy but we know buffalo doesn't run the ball much um even when they was facing extreme wins they were throwing it so i hope the good buffalo shows up as a bills fan um and even then i think it could be a close game where new england pulls it out at the end um, but yeah, the other situation is, is New England rolls. So, um, I have best bet New England minus two and a half. I wouldn't play it right now. If, if you're listening, you know, I think it comes down a little bit. You could probably get two, you probably get one and a half somewhere around there. So I think the momentum will be on taking the bills to get revenge here. But, um, I think New England wins this game. I'm on New England as well. And yeah, I mean, if you want to bet it, it looked like it might creep up to three, but that would be really surprising just because you're asking to give Buffalo three full points. The Bills can't stop the run, and the Patriots can run the football. Now, you also want to see news about Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris as well. Could end up being a lot of Brandon Bolden and a lot of J.J. Taylor. I don't think that phases Bill Belichick. I also believe he you know, that the Bills' defense, while very good, is, is currently, from a statistical standpoint, overrated because we haven't seen a ton of them without Tredavious White, you know, minimal uh, non-windy sample size, which hasn't pulled that defense back down. I just I think that uh, damages their their rating and how they can play uh, by a substantial margin. Mac Jones played really well at the end of the Indianapolis game. Obviously, he was not good for the entire thing, but I do believe he he comes in here and has a really nice game and that he built some confidence off of that uh, that loss. And Belichick after a loss, man, you're giving me less than a field goal at home after a loss. With the, with the number one seed in the AFC in the line, in the division title in the line, I will take Belichick here uh, to big brother Sean McDermott as a best bet. Next up, ugh. Jaguars. This is a pick them now at the Jets. The Jets were two and a half point favorites over under 41 and a half, Pete. Uh, what a, we didn't really get the dead cat bounce we expected from the Jaguars last week against the lowly Texans. They got blown out. But now the line has moved in their favors. People, I guess Jacksonville is getting hammered by the Sharps because they were catching points. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. I think they're an awful team. Look, their defense has played well. Don't get me wrong. I think, and and RJ made a good point about the Texans didn't do a lot last week on offense. The defense has actually hung around. Joe Cullen's done a good job, and I, I think he's going to actually stick around maybe uh, with the coach who does uh, get the job because he's done that good a job and they like him. But offensively, they're a disaster. You know, as bad as the Jets are on offense, the Jaguars are worse. They're terrible on offense. They're the worst offense in the league. They have nobody who can scare down the field. They have nobody uh, up front. Their offensive line's not playing well. He's taking a lot of shots. And he's Trevor Lawrence has started to uh, regress. His mechanics are terrible. So I'm going to take the Jets. I'll take them as the second part of my teaser, though, just to ensure that I get the extra points. Uh, you know, I'll take the Jets plus the six on my teaser. 
I don't like backing Jacksonville on the road and not getting points. Um, the reason this moved is because of the COVID issues. Jets put 15 guys on the COVID list on Wednesday. And, Including um, uh, Robert Sala, head coach. And Robert Sala was on the COVID list. I mean, he was not included in that. I think it was, I want to say, six practice squatters and nine active, active roster guys. Um, so, I mean, it's the Jets. So, you know, who cares if the backups are playing over the starters because the starters don't play very well. But at some point, you know, think of how bad the backups must be if they're, they can't win starting jobs on this team. So um, I think that's why people move the line moved to Jacksonville. But, um, yeah, they should be able to run the ball against a bad Jets rush defense, 32nd in DVOA. The, the defense played solid last week, like Pete said. Offense just put in a bad field position all day. Um, you would think if Trevor Lawrence is going to give us anything positive to build on heading into next year, it's going to come in this matchup. So um, I would let him throw the ball in, see if he can execute against this bad defense. Um, but, you know, now we're not even getting points back in Jacksonville, so I'm not going to put him in as the best bet. So um, I'm just leaning to Jacksonville right now. Yeah, I had. Uh, I think when we made our picks, I went Jacksonville as well. Uh, you, at the time, we were getting two and a half. I don't – I mean, look, don't bet on – just don't bet on this game. Yeah. <laughs> Like, just don't bet this game. It's Jack. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a great game to watch because it's. I'm, I'm assuming it's on CBS with Jaguars or Jets. I mean, fantastic television, uh, incredible theater, but don't bet on this game. When I when I saw 15 guys on the COVID list, I was like, oh my god, they're going to move this to Tuesday and really put our test our patience. So, <laughs> do we want NFL every week it when would, it's Jaguars it would, Jets on Tuesday? And it would still get good ratings. Right. It would still get ratings, and then I would bet on it. If it was like a Tuesday standalone game, I'd find something to bet on, first TD or something. And uh, 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 shout out to Andre uh, Castile in the uh, in the in the chat saying, "Smash that like button for us." He also says to take the over in the Jets ja- Jaguars game. That is, uh, you're asking a lot out of uh, some some bad defenses. I actually like actually I, t- I kind of like the Jaguars just because of the Trevor Lawrence factor. Like he's been buried this year. I know Zach Wilson hadn't been good, but those two guys should be motivated to say, "Hey, look, you know, I'm you know, maybe I should have been the number one pick, and, or maybe, hey, like you know, this is why I was the number one pick." Certainly not going to make Jacksonville a best bet or anything, but and I like RJ. I'd like to get points, but man, what a stinky, stinky game that is. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll break down uh, some more games. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Bears at Seahawks. Seattle uh, probably saw their playoff offs. Uh, I mean, not te- – they saw their playoff hopes snuffed out on Tuesday night with that loss to the Rams. Technically, they are not out of the playoffs. You know, maybe I guess they could what go finish eight and nine and somehow sneak in, but I mean that's it's not going to happen. Uh, and they are still six and a half point favorites against Justin Fields and the Bears in this game, uh, Pete, with an over under of forty two and a half. Now, big name franchise is not exactly an attractive affair, though. No, it's not. Uh, 
you know, this is not one of the better games of the week, but I'm always intrigued when I see young quarterbacks play. And when I see a rookie quarterback go into Seattle, I want to see how he responds to it. And Justin Fields impressed the other day. He did some really good things and, and he's getting better. Um, Russell Wilson still looks like his fingers bothering him. Um, I would lean to the bears, but I, and my concern with the bears is this, what is that environment? And it might not be the same environment because this isn't a playoff team, but what will that environment be like for Justin Fields? And, and that's concerning to me. So I, I don't love the game. I probably lean to Seattle, but I, I don't love it. It's not a, it's not a best bet for me at all. I thought you leaned the Bears five seconds ago. Did you, did that no, I, I mean, I was just saying, <laughs> if it wasn't for the environment, you know, I think that environment's going to get the best of him in that game. Okay, I, uh, I'm trying to calculate that into my thinking because I have the Bears as a best bet at plus six and a half. They're one and eight against the spread in last nine, but several close misses, including last week. Um, I had Minnesota last week. I think the Bears probably should have covered that game. The defense showed up less than 200 net yards allowed with 13 first downs. Um, the ugly Seattle offense returned last week. They ran 13 plays versus 36 for the Rams at one point, and then they got an extra drive in the a final drive in the first half and scored some points off of it. But I was looking at that game like this is the same Seattle you know team that struggled for weeks earlier in the season that that was so underperforming and so disappointing. Um, they ranked 31st in first downs on offense and 32nd on defense. That's why they have a bad record. They can't stay on the field. They can't get teams off the field. So maybe the Seattle offense rediscovers magic in this matchup, but with Chicago's defense playing well last week, they've held five of their last six opponents to under 300 yards. And uh, this is another spot where we're fading a team coming off a rescheduled game, you know, and they're laying a lot of points. So I like taking the dog here in that spot with Seattle with the quick turnaround, an unexpectedly quick turnaround because of the rescheduled game. And um, plus six and a half, I'm, I'm going best bet on Chicago. I like the Bears here too. I mean, tough turnaround for both teams. Bears played Monday. Uh, Seahawks played on Tuesday. But you have to think that Seattle, for as much as as Russell Wilson, you know, talks up, you know, talks himself into this this team being able to somehow come back and and make a miraculous run and and do all of that, that stuff is starting to simmer up in in Seattle. And like DK Metcalf, what is going on? I mean, Russ's deep ball is toast. So he, I don't know he's going to be able to challenge the secondary. DK Metcalf has to be furious about, you know, just the way that his his stats have been going and where he, you know, his how his status has fallen uh, in terms of the league. And Chicago, you know, they're not good offensively, but Matt Nagy maybe can cook up some stuff against a bad Seahawks defense. And Justin Fields run around, make some stuff, make some make some plays with your legs, young man. I think he could have a nice little game here. I'd be, you know, if you if you're somebody who had Taysom Hill in fantasy and now you're losing him, I think Justin Fields is an interesting alternative you know, in a game, granted, really low total, probably not going to be great weather, but he can go out there and, you know, he can throw for 200 and rush for 100. That's not crazy. So I'll take the Bears plus six and a half. Uh, not a best bet, I don't think, though, for the I – don't, I don't really have – I don't love the board this week, I don't think. Broncos at the Raiders. Teddy Bridgewater, I believe, ruled out for this game, which means it's going to be the Drew Locke show uh, with plenty of weapons, but and against the questionable Raiders defense, but the Raiders kind of rolling right now. I know Denver, um, you know, has, has picked it up too, but this is this is a loser leave town match, Pete, and uh, it's a pick 'em in La, in uh, in Las Vegas. Should be a rowdy crowd as they try to hold off uh, hold off a division opponent and and make it and make it continue making the playoff run. This line looks really funky to me, really funky. I mean, you got a backup quarterback who's going to start yeah. for the and team it's and moved towards like the. Right. Move the other way. So, 
Look, I like the Raiders in the game, but again, I'm probably being the dumbass and taking them because I, I, I just, it's not a best bet, but I just think that this line looks so weird. Like they're begging you to take the Raiders. What has Denver done offensively that would that scare anybody? They don't do anything. What do they do? I mean, I just don't think they're that good on offense. And I'm a lot, I thought Locke should have been playing sooner, but he's erratic as hell. I'm going to take the Raiders, uh, pick them, but I don't love the game. They run the ball, Pete. I think you like running the ball. Yeah, I love running the ball. They don't score points. A lot of points, though. No, but uh, you don't need a lot of points to beat the Raiders. The Raiders have scored 16 points or less in six to seven games since the bye. That Dallas upset, I think, might have been their last gasp. And the Denver defense playing well over the last eight games, save for that Philly loss, I think is a good matchup for them against this struggling offense. Uh, Vegas coming off a win, but they needed a last-second field goal to beat a decimated Cleveland team. Um, you know, rolling out Nick Mullins at quarterback. Uh, I don't think that looks good. You know, I don't, I don't credit you as uh, pulling out a great win there. Um, Bridgewater to lock, depth and downgrade for me. But Locke isn't a practice squad quarterback either. I'm not going to act like he's coming in here like Garrett Gilbert and starting this game. Um, I think Vegas is probably cooked, even though they're in the playoff race, um, just with how they played over the last six weeks or so, aside from that Dallas game. I like fading them off the rescheduled game. I know it's not as bad with the Tuesday game, but it is a disruption in, in process, and they were super mad about that because they were ready to get on the bus and go go fly, and they had to be told to stand down, and they hated that. Um, so this seems like a come-down spot for them. I think Denver comes in and wins this game. Um, so I got best bet, Denver. Hmm. I kind of liked the Raiders and was going to make them a best bet, but then I see that – Then do it. What are you getting talked out of it for? Well, I don't want to bet on the Raiders. I don't like the Raiders. I don't want to bet on them. I mean, the line, the funky line move. So you're so wishy-washy with your picks. It's amazing. I was going to, but then RJ bashed, bashed the, the Raiders, and now he took the Broncos, so I'm not going to do it. All right, fine. F you. Fine. I'll take the freaking Raiders. You want, <laughs> I'll take the Raiders. Is that what you want? Are you happy, Prisco? Uh, all right. Give me the Raiders as a pick them at home in a must-win spot. My boy Derek Carr going to step up and make some plays and win this game. God, the Raiders are just not that good, man. All right, RJ, you got to admit, though, he was all wishy-washy, and you bashed the Raiders and are taking yeah. the Broncos, and he talked him out of his pick. I'm the one a couple games ahead of you. You should be, like, goading me into making bad picks. So I don't know why you're goading Brinson. Brinson <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't matter at this point. I don't know why you're worried about me. Uh, yeah, I like the uh, I, I like the Raiders where I saw the line. I just I just sort of think they've got this – I mean, momentum is real. Um, you know, they played on they, – they, they got everything moved around on them on Monday. They went in there against Nick Mullins and, and nearly lost to a, a third-string quarterback – but the you know I just well, look at the week that they had to deal with though. Yeah, Come on, that's a tough they situation. Out, they, I don't care who's came, playing. They came out with a big win. I think they rolled the momentum over and uh, and and pull off a victory here. So whatever. I mean whatever. Give me the Raiders as a best bet, you jackass. The um the <laughs> Ravens at the Bengals. I do actually have a best bet on this one. I like Ravens at the Bengals. Bengals minus three over under forty four and a half. Pete, this might very well. It won't decide who wins the AFC North. Pretty much, the, though. The loser of this game is basically out of is is going to have a really difficult time winning the division unless they get some breaks from other teams in the division. Yeah, I think the Ravens go from like if they win the game, they're like seventy percent to like fifteen or something to win the division. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I look, I love what the Bengals did to them last time. I thought they were they had a great plan. They attacked them. They did. They played really well. And the Ravens are. Who's starting at quarterback? Does it really matter? Because the other kid was fine. I mean, yeah, Lamar Jackson's better, but he wasn't playing very well. And uh, so I think I'm going to take the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to – it'll be a lower-scoring game than the last time around, but I think the Bengals are going to have success here. And I like what their pass rush is doing. I really do. And 
I just think that the Bengals are the better team right now. So I'll take the Bengals minus the points. I don't love it. They make it the best bet, but I'll take the Bengals. I was leaning to the Bengals as well at two and a half, and then it ticked up to three. Um, Baltimore's looking for revenge after getting rolled by Cincy earlier in the season. That, that worries me. I think they, they you know, got, got you know, the door shown to them, and they, they got exposed, and, uh, you know, that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You want to come out and, and really stick to this team. It's a revenge narrative, which I know Pete loves. Um, Huntley did play well against Green Bay. I'd still rather have Lamar. Um, since he's often struggled in tough matchup last week, I expect better against a bad Baltimore pass defense. I think, really, the, the 24 points is the baseline for any good passing offense versus Baltimore secondary with Humphrey out and the Cincy team total is 23 and a half. So um, when I took out the Minnesota best bet from earlier, I had to find something else. I didn't really love any other spread. So I put Cincy's team total over 23 and a half in as a best bet to, to give me a, a fifth one, um, you know, for the week. Cincy's team total. Cincy's team total over 23 and a half. Like that. Um, I'm going to take the Bengals. Don't love the idea that the Ravens who have, you know, when we think about this, this division, we always just think about, you know, how the, you know, the Ravens and the Steelers are the big brothers and they were constantly going to keep the Bengals and the Browns down. But the Bengals won some division titles with Andy Dalton and Joe Burrow just has it. Whatever it is, he's got it. And in big spots, he, he steps up. And this Ravens pass defense, if the Bengals are just not stupid on offense, they should be able to do what they want in the passing game. With those receivers against this banged-up secondary and, and, and with – you know, the Bengals offensive line is, is you know, not been steady throughout the year. They haven't been very great, very good the last few weeks after a, a strong start to the season. I think Joe Burrow comes out slinging the ball, throw it all over the place on the Ravens, force Tyler Huntley into, to, to, you know, to create in the passing game, uh, you know, keep him from running, keep him from doing too much with his legs. Obviously, if Lamar plays, you know, we'll see this line move, I think. So that that would be that would warrant watching. But it getting up to three tells me that the that they don't think Lamar will go. And uh I think the Bengals roll the Ravens and, and take control of the division and, and look to look to really uh kick things off in the Joe Burr era. So give me the Bengals as a best bet. Now we get into the real dregs of the week. The Giants at the Eagles. Philly minus nine and a half coming off a dominant victory over the Washington football team on Tuesday night. And the Giants, you know, putting up, putting forth a typical uh, Giants effort. Couldn't cover. Got blasted by the Cowboys. Giants are, I think, 31st in scoring each of the last two years. They are terrible. They're probably starting Mike Lennon and maybe Jake Fromm in this game. Philly's, you know, their offensive line is bad and Philly's defensive line is good. And Philly can run the ball. Pete, did the Eagles blast the Giants into oblivion here? Yeah, it's hard to believe that the Giants beat him the last time. I mean, but uh, this Eagles team is much better. Uh, I think I think Jalen Hurts showed a ton the other night. And, and I'll just talk. Look, he only ran for 35 yards, and, and he was outstanding in keeping his head up when he moved. I love that. I think he's growing as a quarterback. You mentioned their offensive line is playing great football. Defensively, they're going to get after the, the quarterback and the run, game, run defense. So I, I'm going to take the Eagles minus the nine and a half in a revenge spot uh, after the Giants beat them earlier in the year. Love the revenge angle. Um, Giants offense is lifeless. I think maybe Fromm gives him a little a little bit of a chance if he plays, if he wins the quote-unquote quarterback camp competition in the week that I think Joe Judd said he's holding, which, you know, just give Fromm the, the reps. He needs as many reps as possible to get ready for this game. I don't know what you're doing there. Uh, the Giants defense ranks 28th in DVOA against the run. I'm not sure how they slow down the Philly offense. The under is 7-1 in the last eight Giants games, so it might be worth going that route. The total looks really low at 40.5, but next week they're playing the Bears, in, and the look-ahead is 37.5 for that. 
that game. It's Army Navy all over again for that game. This is <laughs> Chicago, New York. So, um, you know, that, that's going to be must-see football, I'm sure. Um, so my gut says fade the Philly laying a ton of points coming off a postponed game with the coach out. You know, he tested positive, so he's probably not going to be in there. All the lines are for the Giants, but – you know, the giant Giants, I don't know how much they need working for them to look look like they have a life in these games. So I'm just a lean on the Giants. I don't love them. I'm just happy that Pete's out here tossing out revenge games. That's what I'm here for. It spends enough time on this podcast with me. Finally, he just gets tricked into believing that revenge games are real. What's next? That uh, You're going to tell me that uh, Jake Fromm's going to try harder because he wants to, win this, uh, wants to win this quarterback competition? Draft that's running your, backs, top your, 10. That's your stick. Then you're gonna you're gonna name you're gonna write you're gonna and kickers here's one kickers are great yeah love kickers they're the best <laughs> best players on any team Jonathan Jonathan Taylor MVP is that what that's your next move no. for running yeah <laughs> I just have to stink it up for you to do that I I would uh, I think I lean the Eagles here um you know if you can if you end up I guess you'd have to do a seven point teaser to make it work Ugh, it's just not very the the Giants just can't score. And maybe they're a little bit, big, a little bit better with Jake Fromm. I think he went like four or four or something. He got him to the red zone. Um, it's it's hard. You can't do anything behind that offensive line. And that's also like the Fromm thing is you know it's very different when you come in in the middle of a game and you sort of you know have the you know, adrenaline and all that and you're playing and they're down huge. You know you're you're playing against a, a Cowboys defense that has basically you know decided the game is over. So of course you can move the ball a little bit easier. I, I mean, the Giants are terrible. It's it's Eagles or nothing for me. Probably lean a little bit to the under just because Philly will, if you know, 40 and a half is really low, I don't expect the Giants to score 14 points though. And if Philly gets a lead, they're going to just run the ball and, and put the, you know, put the Giants in a headlock. So I would lean um, under here. The, you know, the quarterback situation, I don't think affects it that much for me. WFTs at the Cowboys. Cowboys minus 11 last we checked. Taylor Heineke out of COVID protocols according to Washington, which means he will play over under 47. By the way, Washington fans who were complaining about Garrett Gilbert last week, what are you doing? What are we doing? What did you expect? I mean, come on. He wasn't that, he wasn't that bad. No. He, yeah, he's fine. The he's defense better. is the problem. Yeah, the defense than, was bad. I mean, they couldn't, but, they couldn't stop the run. Better than Kyle Shermer, apparently. How bad do you have to be if you're the practice squad quarterback? And well, like, he knew the offense better, though. Remember, he was with those guys in the past. Well, I know he knows the system, but the guy that's in the building should know the offense that's been there for weeks. You know, yeah, it's just – you're like, yeah. The guy isn't very good. Well, yeah. Yeah, why, how, why have him around? Have you seen like, him play? Did you see him play in college? He's well, not very good. Well, um, my thing is, what's the point then? If he's if he's your practice squad quarterback and the, just the, the, the scenario lines up where you need to have a quarterback and you're like, let me go find someone else, what's the point of having the guy in the building? Well, isn't his father coaching the league? Not, not for Washington. <laughs> I know, but um, you know how people scratch. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back maybe. Um, look, I like the Cowboys in this game. I don't love them. Um, because that, that is a bloated number, and, and their offense hasn't exactly been cranked up. But I think this might be a game where they actually get it going. I think the run game will get going. This is a tough turnaround for Washington. So I'm going to take Dallas minus the 11. I, I think at some point, Dak Prescott and that offense have to get it going. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so, too. I lean Dallas. The Washington offense wasn't playing well before the COVID issues. They just had 224 yards in the last game against Dallas. Dallas D's recorded four takeaways in three straight games. The regression's coming. They're just not going to have four takeaways every single game. Um, and when that happens, the offense needs to step up because they're not playing that well. Um, Dallas winning games comfortably, um, you know, even though that offense isn't playing to the talent level. 
So I would consider Washington, but again, I'm going to keep hammering home that post those postponed games, screwing with your schedule, having to play the next week. I just can't play those teams in that spot. So um, lean Dallas if I had to go one way or the other, but um, too many points for me uh, with Dallas's offense not looking good. So stay away. Yeah, the Dak thing is really concerning. They don't he doesn't throw deep anymore. It's not the offense isn't explosive. They dink and dunk to C.D. Lamb in the slot and Dalton Schultz, but you know this Washington team. I don't know, Landon Collins out. I mean, this is if you're gonna if you're gonna get right and light somebody up, this would be it. I do think on Sunday Night Football at home, you know, sort of finish off your hated rival, one of your many hated rivals in that division. It's a pretty good spot for Dak Prescott and the offense to get right. So I would not want to have Washington here. It does look like it's going to drift a little bit back down. Uh, you know, sorry, drifted half a point closer to to Washington based on the Taylor Heineke news. Tend to think that this game could go way under two. Um, it sounds like Antonio Gibson might not play. I saw um, J.P. Finley said uh, fantasy people should look at Jarrett Patterson. I grabbed him in some leagues. Um, and, you know, you just just have to wonder if the Cowboys, if the Cowboys get going on offense, this is a bloodbath. And if not, it's going to be a low-scoring sort of rock fight. But you could still – you're still going to be really close. I would lean towards the Cowboys uh, as, a, as, as, a, as a bet here, but no, no best bet in that spot for me. Lions at the Falcons. Falcons minus – Five and a half over under 42 and a half, Pete. The Lions coming off their second and a half win of the season, I believe. Yeah, and the Falcons, I had the Falcons last week, and I, I was disappointed because inside the red zone, they go down there on the one-yard line and don't get in on the opening drive. Give me a break. That, that, that might have changed the outcome of that game. They had three chances inside the red zone and got nothing. So um, I think they get bounced back here. I think the Lions, look, the Lions had a – they got a – a team that wasn't ready to play and before Arizona could get out from underneath it, it was too much for them. I think the Falcons will go back home and play well here. Uh, I don't love this game, but I would lean to the Falcons. Falcons are capable of beating bad teams. We've seen in the past, they're, they're bad against good teams and terrible again, or, you know, roll against these bad teams, but I just can't lay five and a half points with them the way they, they've played the season and really in any situation. I don't want to play Detroit either though, unless golf is rude back, ruled back in. So Jared Goff has been playing well the last few weeks. Um, if this line was down, I think it was at what, three and a half or earlier, three and a half, four um, when he was in and I would have liked Detroit there at five and a half. I'm not willing to do it, but Swift and Williams did return to practice. It looked like on one Wednesday, I think Atlanta just got, gashed by the San Francisco rushing attacks and maybe Detroit, even if they have to turn to, to Boyle, can run the ball and keep this one close. So my lean would still be to Detroit, but I'm not really looking to play it unless we get we we hear that golf is going to be back in. I've got the Falcons as a best bet here. I think if you, you know, we talk about the dead cat bounce with the Jaguars after firing Urban Meyer, there's just sort of the exhalation, um, you know, relief celebration Super Bowl, you know, get it. They, they, look, the Lions beat the Vikings 29-27. And the next week they went out and got absolutely smoked by the Broncos, 38 to 10. They take care of business against the Cardinals, get to 211 and one. They should be thrilled that that like they've got the two wins. I mean, Dan, Dan Campbell and David Culley, I don't know if they I think Dan Campbell got another year at least for sure, because of the way that that team sort of rallied around him. But I mean, those guys getting the wins that they've got with these rosters is incredible. They're terrible football teams. Atlanta has a penchant this season so far for beating up on bad football teams to get their way, find their way to six wins and then getting crushed by good football teams. Their wins are against the giants, the jets, the dolphins before the dolphins realized that they were supposed to be good uh, saints, which is a weird one, but a division rival, the Jaguars and the Panthers. These are games just like, these are teams just like the lions. The Falcons are not good, but they're 
better than really, really bad. And they will beat the Lions handily in this spot. Cordero Patterson bounced back after he ruined everybody's fantasy weeks last year with some you know, pretty obvious regression. So give me the, the Falcons as a best bet. Dolphins at the Saints. Monday Night Football. Almost impossible to handicap this one. Although, I guess, do we know that Taysom Hill and... Yeah, Ian Book's, they said Ian Book started. So Ian Book's starting for the Saints. They said. The Saints were minus three. I, are we picking so, the so Saints? Got a, so the Saints got an upgrade in their passing game. Well, um, oh, ho, 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 up high, down hard. <laughs> you, you can't get three now if you didn't throw it in earlier. If you if you send Debo plus three earlier, then you can take the Dolphins at that because you locked it in. But you won't be like, oh, yeah, we had it at three. I'm just going to take them now because nobody else. Is, I, don't, I don't think it matters. I, I think Ian Book, I've watched him in practice, and I, I, I think he's more than capable of getting the ball to the right guy. And, and I think they'll be fine. I think it's going to be a really low scoring game. I, 38 and a half to yeah, the totally just, just, uh, that. Yeah, the ahead. Saints defense will win the game for them, just like they did the other night. The offense didn't do anything. The Saints defense won the game. They'll win this game for them. It's a big mismatch. The defensive front, which has come alive, by the way, getting Davenport back healthy again, really changes that. Anyamata changes the dynamic of that front. Uh, I think they get all over to. Uh, I'll take the Saints minus the points. Yeah, I'm seeing Miami at a uh, at plus one, minus one and a half right now. So I mean. Um, you know, in context, you know, you probably like the Saints plus one and a half. And it sounds like um, pretty good teaser team too to get it up through three and seven. If, if that's the number you're seeing and you like the Saints. Um, I don't really love the either side of this game. Miami's won six straight. They either got to play five of those games at home. They just get to sit at home for whatever reason. And and the NFL doesn't make them go on the road. Um, they had to go to the Jets. So their one, one road game was against the rough and tumble Jets who everybody goes in and beats. Um, so the defense has been excellent during the hot stretch. Got to face a lot of bad offenses at home. Miami's run game got going last week. That's not going to happen against New Orleans, number one in the league in yards per rush allowed. New Orleans probably due for a letdown after the Tampa Bay shutout. Um, but now with Book in, not knowing what to expect from him, I agree that there's probably going to be value playing back the Saints at some point. I'm not sure if it is at one and a half. So, um, I, I'm so do we have one and a half? Do we have one and a half as our number then? Yeah, I think take it at one and a half because we're when we're recording this in, okay. in the. Uh, then I'm going to put the Saints in as a best bet. Then add that to my list. We're talking uh, about I, Saints I, plus one and a half, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, Pete. All right. So bad Pete. Well, I'll, we'll add Pete. Pete, best bet Saints. All right. Go. Sorry. Go ahead, RJ. No, I'm done. I just, I yeah, I think people listening to it are gonna see one and a half. I'm seeing it at a few books right now. Um, and it looks like it's not quite up yet at Caesars, but when they put it up, I'm assuming they're going to be close to that. Um, and it'll probably inflate because people will see Ian Book and they'll take the money. So probably even get an, a better number, you know, if you wait a little bit. But um, I would probably lean to the Saints after that number inflates a little bit more. Yeah, I w- I really like the Saints before. And I mean, I, I'll, I'll keep it as a best bet at plus one and a half. Sean Payton, uh, you know, better matchup than Brian Flores. Dennis Allen is coaching his ass off right now with that defensive unit and is probably going to get a head coaching look and deservedly. So like the same him and Todd Bowles are the same thing that I was arguing the other day. They took jobs with bad organizations, the Raiders and the jets, it, it busted out on them and, and they deserve another shot. And so Dennis Allen with the head coaching win last week, um, as you know, the, the filling in for Sean Payton, that's enormous. The, uh, and they shut out, they shut out Tom Brady in the, in the box. And it, again, as RJ points out, this Miami dolphins hot streak is, a uh, Oh yeah, that's right. There's a Dolphins fan who are like coming after me because I called him fraudulent. Their their hot streak, their wins are, as RJ said, only one on the road, 
Texans, Ravens on the Thursday, that weird rainy game where the they, the Ravens just didn't come prepared and were hungover for it. At Jets, Panthers, Giants, and Jets at home. That is the bottom of the barrel of the NFL in terms of teams that you could play if you were trying to rip off a hot streak. And I get the two is playing better. I get that the the, the Dolphins defense is playing much better. You know, they've allowed in that stretch 9, 10, 17, 10, 9, and, but then 24 to the Jets is a little weird, although 7 was a pick 6. The Saints, they're not going to pile up points on the Saints. Saints are going to limit what they can do. And I, I'll back Pete. I back Pete's practice report on Ian Book. You're giving Sean Payton a, somebody who can throw now. Watch out. I think the, the Saints is a best bet. So we don't have any parlay. Um, well, I don't think we have a lot of agreement. So I think we're in that we're in that situation where we just pick our best bet and throw it, all three of them into a parlay. So I like Denver right. as, as mine um, at at Pickham. Um, so what, yeah. what are you guys looking? Pete, you can pick. Uh, who do you want to pick for your parlay piece? I'll take the Steelers. Ooh. Steelers plus ten. All right, so we got the or Steelers seven, plus seven and, seven and a half. Yeah, it was up to eight on Caesars. Does that matter? No. Yeah, let's take it at eight then. I mean, it's it's we're right. dude, picking this in the moment. So if we're walking up to the pay window, we're we're yeah. putting it in at eight. So. All right, uh, that means that I've got to go with. I don't want to be against or I don't want to be against Pete, who likes the. Bills. I will go with the Falcons. I'm with Falcons. I know you guys like the Lions. I don't care. So we got the Steelers plus eight, the Broncos as a pick'em, and the Falcons minus five and a half. If for some reason Jared Goff is cleared, that's the only concern. Is if Jared Goff's cleared, is this Falcons minus three? Falcons minus three and a half, four and a half. Probably like, yeah, three and a half or four. Mm. That's my only concern then. We're making this bet right now. We're walking up to the pay window. So you got to take it, whatever it is right now. I don't care. Falcons are going to blast them. Don't care. They're going to smoke them. All right. Pete's best bets. The Panthers plus 10. The Texans plus 10. The Steelers plus seven and a half. The Vikings plus three. The Cardinals minus one. A Jets-Bills teaser. And the Saints plus one and a half. A lot of barking dogs there, baby. A lot of barking dogs. A lot of barking dogs. RJ's got the Patriots minus two and a half. The Bears plus six and a half. Denver is a pick. The Chargers minus 10. And a Packers Chiefs teaser, which I like. Plus plus the Cincy derivative. Cincy team total right. over 23 and a half. Okay, that's right. Yep, Debo add that in. Cincy team, team total. Oh, Debo, that font's going to bother Debo. He won't be able to handle it. My best bets. Indy plus one. Minnesota, Rams over 48 and a half. New England minus two and a half. Cincy minus three. Atlanta minus five and a half. And New Orleans plus one and a half. Um, Just to add one more, I'm going to throw the Chargers in there as well. Randomly. Just to get seven. I need once, again, once again, RJ convinced Will into a, into taking a team. Hey, you you talked me into – oh, wait, no, I had the Raiders. That's right, the Raiders. I had the Raiders in there. That eight picks, that'll do it. Look at that. A full eight oh, pack. Oh, this okay. podcast goes on five more minutes. He's going to have best bets on every single game. <laughs> that's right. I know. Because well, on that's... five more minutes, he's going to make me late too. Uh, you'll be fine. All right, that's it for the show. Thanks for watching. Smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Five-star review if you're watching on Spotify. Let's – Stay vigilant out there. You need to be paying attention if you're betting on these games. 
Because there's RJ, what should what should Will have for lunch today? Because she talked to you and everything else. You might as well talk him into what he's my having. Lunch is, lunch. My lunch is waiting for me downstairs. Whatever Marshawn Lynch is having. I'm having I'm having Snoopy's. I'm having a North Carolina style cheeseburger. I'm very excited about it. In fact, it's waiting for me downstairs. What am I doing? All right, for RJ, for Pete, I'm Brenton. We'll see you guys later. Merry Christmas. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.